Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, July 29th, 2018, on the basis of Ephesians 2, verses 13 through 22. It's springtime in Minnesota. And finally, I had the chance and opportunity to go outside without having to look like a flotation device. People were out and about enjoying the outdoors as I was. However, my shoe came untied. Dramatic turn of events, I know. Anyways, I stoop down to tie my shoe, but then I hear a, a group walking up behind me. Oh, no problem. There's no one around me. They'll go around me, right? Nope. Not at all. They walk into me, stepping over me as if I was just some puddle. Then they spit near me and I hear their hushed remark. What's this illegal doing here? Excuse me, I say. To which they responded, excuse you. And they left laughing. I can tell you in all honesty, I wanted to respond to their hostility with even more hostility. But I did nothing and simply walked away. Why does such hostility exist? You know as well as I do that in our world today, hostility comes in all kinds of different forms. It might revolve around the color of one's skin, or it might revolve around your political sway, or what bumper sticker adorns your car. Or it might even revolve around if you're, you're a Packers fan or not. It might even revolve around who raises their child the best. Or it might be an age and generational gap where the young folk and old folk look at each other saying, who do they think they are? The list continues. We live in a world of seven, we live in a world of 7.5 billion people, different people. Why does it seem all those differences are the cause of so much hostility? Well, Paul answers that question. He'll show us the root problem underneath the hostility we see. And he'll also point us to the solution and what Christ did with that hostility, which led to amazing results. Christ created unity out of hostility. Christ united us with God, and Christ united us with each other. During Paul's time, the hostility between Jews and Gentiles plagued believers throughout the Christian world. The Jews expressed con condescension, that's a big word, condescension towards the, towards the Gentiles, thinking themselves as better, exalted, superior, and the Gentiles as dogs, unfit to associate with earnest souls like the Jews. Well, meanwhile, the Gentiles saw themselves as superior and had contempt for the Jews seeing themselves as superior, and the Jews as an irritable, arrogant group sticking up their noses. You can see how this hostility between these two groups fostered something so foul throughout the Christian world. You can see how both groups were looking for evidence, looking for evidence that they were superior to the other. The Jews found it in their obedience to law and their customs, while the Gentiles found it in their lack of arrogance towards others and living their somewhat moral lives. 
But this was just a phase in the Christian church, right? We in the here and now don't have to worry about this ancient issue anymore, correct? No, incorrect. We face the same issue of trying to find some way, some way how we stack up to others. Find out how, we, how do we stack up? Are we better? Are they worse? We all fall into that temptation of condescension and contempt, just as the Jews and Gentiles. Just as the Jews' condescension towards the Gentiles, we can very much fall into the temptation of viewing ourselves as better people than those who don't believe in Jesus. Yes, there's a certain separation between believers and unbelievers, but when a sinful attitude of self-righteousness butts its head in, it can distort that. And, and it can compel you to shun unbelievers and look down on weaker Christians. Thinking of ourselves as better people can be a trap because I personally know a lot of non-Christians who are better people. And I know a lot of sh sh Christians who struggle with their pet sins. <laughs> or another example, criticizing how one should raise their child in the best way. One can exert their way as the only way. Or another example, example, dictating how people should conduct and represent themselves in their lives, whether in how they dress, how they talk, what they watch, what they read, the list goes on. We all fall into that temptation. We all fall into that sin of self-righteousness expressing condescension. Just like the Gentiles, we can very much fall into the temptation of having contempt for those who are condescending or arrogant and see them as worse sinners. <laughs> Unlike those condescending people, why not just let people live their lives and just be open to everything? No need to hate. They're, those people are just so close-minded. So don't listen to them. Uh, really? You saying such a thing kind of makes yourself to be close-minded as well. We all fall into that temptation and that sin of self-righteousness expressing contempt. But in either case, in either case with us now or the Jews and Gentiles then, everyone is looking for reasons to puff themselves up as better. Everyone falls into the sin of self-righteousness causing hostility among each other. But this hostility is a symptom of a deeper spiritual issue. This hostility is a symptom of the hostility between sinners and God. Everyone by nature is doomed because no one by nature is perfect. No one by nature can do anything to fix and make themselves superior. Everyone is completely opposed and hostile to God. This means no one can claim any sort of superiority over another. We can only claim sin, death, and eternal condemnation in hell. We, in our natural condition as sinners, are faced with this dividing wall that is impenetrable where heaven is on the other side. This dividing wall of hostility, we can't get past it in any way. We can't do anything in our own power to get on that other side, and we can't even scratch that wall. Such a dividing wall of hostility of, between sinners and God gives way to the hostility among people, among us. Hostility is all that seems to persist. So, 
What now? What's the solution to this problem? To this wall? Because we sure can't do anything. Well, don't worry. Don't despair. Paul tells us the solution. Paul tells us God provided the solution to this hostility between himself and sinners. And that solution was his only son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The worth Jews and Gentiles, and even us, the worth they were looking for and how one compared to the other wasn't going to solve the problem between themselves or between God. The worth has been given by Christ. There's no need for it to be sought out through comparisons to one another. The need has been fulfilled by Jesus. Jesus, by his blood, brought near those who were far away, and he has set aside the law. What does that mean? It means Jesus has satisfied every demand perfectly for you. The full weight of the curse of the law was laid upon him, and now the law has no more demands to make. Its threat of death and its curse of condemnation to the disobedient has been done away with, eradicated because of Christ. Our worth is found not in who we are, what we've done, or how we compare to one another. It is absolutely found in Christ, who has given it to us. Our status before God has been changed from hostile wretches to God's people at peace with him. Jesus, by his redeeming work, took two antagonists and by a creative act, turned them into a single body, turned us into a single body, united and at peace with God. Christ created unity out of hostility. No one, no one has more or less access to God. Christ united us all with God. Those who believe in Jesus as their only Savior and see him as the only way to heaven have the innermost access to God and share in that blessing and that comfort with other believers. However, there's just one thing. What's that mean for all the differences still existing among us? It's beyond wonderful that Christ created unity out of hostility. Christ united us with God. And as a result, Christ united us with each other. But how do we function as a group who is so diverse? Do we eliminate who we are? Do we eliminate all those differences and give up on what makes us us and become the same in every respect? No, not at all. Let's see what Paul says about how even though we're so diverse, we're all united in Christ with each other. Paul paints three pictures. A kingdom, a family, and a building. No longer are we foreigners, second-class citizens, or people here on a work visa. We are full-fledged citizens of God's kingdom. In the family... We're not just the servants, the butlers, or the best friends who come over for dinner or for game night. No, we are fully members of God's family. And we aren't just the decor and the ornamentation and the furniture in a building. We fully belong and constitute the important parts that keep the building upright. We 
are fully members of God's building, his church. These three pictures deliver the same point, unity and diversity. Can you imagine a country or a family where everyone is identical in every respect? We might as well be robots. Or what about, can you imagine a building where everyone is just a tiny screw or a steel beam or a two by four? We'd either look nothing like a functioning building or we'd look like a very sad and wobbling case of Jenga. But we all may be different in every respect, but each of us is equally and uniquely important to the body of Christ. Christ has created unity among us, and we've become God's dwelling place, his very home, a home where hostility doesn't exist, but where peace persists now and into eternity. Self-righteousness has taken those differences and created hostility among each other. But Christ has transcended those differences and wormed out sin's intrusion to his peace. And he has created a functioning and united country, family, and church of believers. He has created a place where God is at home with each and every believer. Each and every one of you. Our unity with each other rests not on who we are, what we've done, or how we compare to each other. Our unity rests on Christ, our cornerstone. The cornerstone whom everything hinges on. Because without Christ, there, without Christ, there is no hope, no truth, and no salvation. And because if that were the case, then we would have no unity with God and no unity with each other. But that is not the case. That is not the case. Christ created unity out of hostility. Christ united us with God, and Christ united us with each other. Christ's body of believers is a body of diverse believers. Despite our differences and our intricacies, that is not going to destroy what Christ has created. There's absolutely no need to throw away what makes us unique and diverse. No need to give up on who we are and become the same in every respect. The glorious body of Christ, the glorious body of Christ is composed of diverse believers. Diverse believers from all over the world, from different times and generations, and different in every respect. But if there's anything we're the same in, It's this. It's faith in Jesus Christ. It's the truth that we rest on the entirety of Scripture. It's the comforting truth that we all together have been united with God. Rather than criticize and demean each other because of how we compare in our diversity, may we encourage and build each other up in the faith, assuring the peace we have with each other and the peace we have with God and how we are all God's dwelling place, His home by His Spirit through Christ. Christ, who assures us, you and I, who assures us, all of us, we are all uniquely and equally important 
to the body of Christ. Living in a world of 7.5 billion different people, we see that people want unity, but how do they achieve that? It's, it's either one of two things, uniformity or division, identical or enemies. Look how we can go from doing walks for cancer to dashing around cities, erupting chaos and riots. Look how we can go from organizing rescue efforts to rescue a stranded Thai youth soccer team to countries making threats and raising tensions for war. The world's idea for unity seems very unstable. So where can we find true unity? Well, Paul has pointed us in the right direction, the only direction, Jesus. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We were once far away from each other. But even more, we were far away from God, which meant hostility and condemnation. But Jesus came, shed his blood, and did away with all of that, and ushered in peace and salvation, peace between God and peace between each other. Christ created unity out of hostility, something that makes absolutely no sense to this world. But Christ did it. Christ united us with God, and Christ united us with each other. Rather than criticize and demean each other because of how we compare in our diversity, may we encourage and build each other up in our unity. Encourage and build each other up in the faith that we share, in the faith that we get to enjoy as a fellow church and the peace that we have with each other and the peace we have with God right here, right now as God's own people, God's own family, God's own church. And may we assure each other and encourage each other and remind each other that we all will have this peace and continue to enjoy it into eternity. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.